So what do you think about Baker Mayfield? MVP. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of According to Jason. Today, we're going to be joined by Jacob. Glad to have you here today. Glad to be here, buddy. Um, So on our show today, we're going to have our opinions on the most overrated player in NBA history, as well as NBA flops and surprises, and our picks, NBA Hall of Famer or not. First up is a very controversial segment, and this is our opinions on the most overrated player in NBA history. So Jacob's going to go first, and he has Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce sucked, bro. Like, listen, okay, so when he won the championship with the Celtics, he had Rondo, he had so many guys. It was like a super team. Almost, they, I, I'd Alan say that Garnett. they could almost beat the Warriors and the Bulls. Kendrick like, Perkins. They were so good. He wasn't the best on that team. He still won the, he still won finals MVP, but come on, man. Like, he, yep. he shots ugly. He, and he even said that last year, he was talking about how he was better than Dwayne Wade. Whack. Three-time, oh my goodness, three-time NBA champion. Yep. Buddy was MVP amazing. MVP candidate. He, he honestly helped LeBron, who most lots of people think may be the GOAT. Yeah. But still, you can't say you're better than Dwayne Wade. He's like second to Michael Jordan, in my opinion, on best shooting guards ever. Honestly, LeBron doesn't have his rings without D-Wade. It's true. You know, Jacob might not like this, but my pick for the most overrated player of all time is Allen Iverson. Now, I have to respect Allen Iverson's skill and, you know, maybe his early accomplishments. But the fact is, he was just kind of a chucker and a ball hog. And, you know, I understand that's just how the Sixers wanted to play. But an average player takes around, you know, he or I guess they hit around 50% of their shots Allen hit around 42% of his shots. He only led the Sixers past the first round once, and that was the 0-1 championship run. Iverson played with Mello, and that looked like a that looked like a Hall of Fame duo. That looked like a team to beat, but he couldn't play with Mello because of how ball dominant they were both were. They only he only put up good scoring numbers because of his ISO heavy play. And honestly, like I mean, I I I respect his MVP season, but you know, putting up those points were just because he didn't have any other people around him. It was just him there. So you know, well, I don't know. What do you think see, about that? See, I'm sorry, buddy. I don't know, man. Allen Iverson, like, okay, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe is super smart, smart guy. Kobe said to the rest of the league and any NBA player that has ever played, we should be grateful that Allen Iverson was not tall. Like he said, I, I think it was like 6'5". We're, we should be grateful Allen Iverson is not 6'5". Yeah. Because if he wasn't so short, he'd be crazy. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. He His <laughs> his height kind of like is tough on him. And so that's why he wasn't as good. But yeah. He's pretty amazing. Yeah, and you know, you you have to respect him as well because we have his page pulled up right here and it's, you know, 11 All-Stars and, um, you know, scoring champion four times. So, like, four seasons he led the league in scoring. He had his MVP. He's in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, you got to respect the people that are in the Hall of Fame. Maybe they don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but you still got to respect, I guess, respect that you, they made it to the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, you got to respect him, but I just... You know, I've never re- really been a big Allen Iverson fan. So, um, 
So next up is our biggest flops and our biggest surprises in the NFL right now. So the flops are the teams that were not expected to be bad, but they're just really disappointing this year. And the surprises were, well, expected to be bad, but they're just really good for some reason. So flops, we have number one, the Super Bowl-bound Cleveland Browns. For the flops, it is they are 2-6. and six, Both and... boys were supposed to be good. Okay, come on. Baker Mayfield last season. Baller. Astounding. Buddy put up great stats he was just amazing and now he's got obj one of the best receivers in the league jarvis landry like, as well come on man like Nick that, that team back. that team's so and he's bad. got and he's so got bad. um talent around him as well as nick chubb for running back and jarvis landry for wide receiver um but the problem is is that baker mayfield leads the league in interceptions with 12 and has seven touchdowns so that's seven touchdowns to 12 interceptions um and honestly, I feel like the Browns were just too overhyped. I, you know, I feel like everyone expected them to go to the Super Bowl this year when people should have just been really just expecting them to maybe make the playoffs this year. I feel like um, another reason is Odo Beckham Jr. is just back at it again. Um, he hasn't expressed that he wants to get traded yet, <laughs> but um, I think that his, you know, his diva mentality is kind of being, a, you know, a bit of a problem for the Browns right now. So next up, uh, you know, and um, next up is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, I feel like choking just thinking about them. They're one and seven. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, w what comes to mind is the famous photo of Reggie Miller doing the choke sign to Spike Lee. That's what I think of whenever I think of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, first off, their defense is horrendous. Second, Dan Quinn, their head coach, is a terrible play caller. Matt Ryan is trying his best behind that mediocre offensive line. And Defonte Freeman's last good season was the trip to the Super Bowl in 2015. Like, seriously, their last, his last good season was when they made it to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And... You know, the Super Bowl trip is looking more and more like a fluke because every year they just disappoint and it's looking the more and more pretty funny, though. It's looking more and more like that. It That single season was just just a little flash in the pan, honestly. So, uh, I don't know what you think about. The no, I agree 100 percent with what you just said. Man. Yeah. Um, uh, Philadelphia Eagles at five and four. So they are in one long Super Bowl hangover. Um, They are losing. Despite their easy schedule, their offensive line is allowing five sacks a game, and Nelson Aguilar has got butterfingers. That's really all I have to say about the Eagles. You know, um, their center, Travis Kelsey, their all-pro center, Travis Kelsey, is just trying his best, but the rest of the Eagles' offensive line is just absolutely horrible, and it's making Carson Wentz just look worse and worse every year. Disappointing, man. Yeah, they're they're a really disappointing team. Um, come out of that after you know, it's just, you know, they've just been in one long Super Bowl hangover. Yeah. Um, the Bears. The Bears. Oh, man. So, first... Didn't they start the league off pretty good? I don't remember. Um, they had a really good... So, if you'd remember, they had a really good season last year. They went 12-4, and four, I think. And they um made the wild card... Or, yeah, they went to the wild card where they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles with the double doink. Um, and... Trubisky got hurt and they started off three and five and the first thing is Mitch Trubisky Mitch Trubisky is looking worse and worse as an NFL quarterback. He looked like he's gonna have a really good season last year it's but like, 
like terrible. He's just terrible. He made a Pro Bowl last season, and now he had a total of I think 63, 73 yards last game passing. It's just he's a terrible fantasy player, and honestly, it can be contributed to Matt Nagy, their head coach, who during a game on Thursday night. They called 54 passing plays and only seven running plays, despite the fact that they have two really good running backs. So, no. like, who calls that many running plays or that a lack of running plays? And, you know, they have so many good running backs. And what happened to Khalil Mack? Khalil Mack was looking like a baller. Um, You know, he was, like, a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year last year. And, like, he's just completely fallen off the map. I don't know what's happened to the Bears. So uh, next up on surprises is the 6-2 and two Buffalo Bills. Would anyone, could anyone have predicted the Buffalo Bills going 6-2? and two? Heck no. They were, I didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs. Now they're looking like they're going to make the playoffs and probably get past the first round. Uh, it's just, you know, I when I look at a team like the Buffalo Bills, I, you know, I believe in miracles. Um... Uh, yeah, they have an ex- yeah, they have an <laughs> excellent defense. <laughs> they um have a good uh, service serviceable offense, and Josh Allen's looking like a good, solid quarterback. Frank Gore is like a million years old, but he's probably one of the best running backs in the league. Like seriously, uh-huh. he's like a workhorse. He's two million years old, and he's like consistently leading the Bills to winning games. So Colts at five and three. Um, so who needs Andrew Luck? Because, you know, he retired and it looked like the Colts were going to miss the playoffs, but the Colts are five and three and, you know, it looks like the, the Colts could be a really good team on the, in the future. Um, you know, that's all I really had for the uh, Colts, but the Vikings, um, (laughs) at the very beginning of the season, you you know, you might've seen some memes on how bad Kirk Cousins was. Kirk Cousins went from going and having two touchdowns and two interceptions in the first two games to having 16 touchdowns and one interception in the last in the last seven eight games so you know um their offensive line is actually making it so he can't he doesn't have to run for his life every down and Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are just amazing wide receivers so I could see them making the playoffs honestly uh you know do you have any thoughts on you know the Vikings or just I don't know I didn't really know about Kirk Cousins. Like, I saw a couple memes on him, and everybody's making fun of him. But then now, yeah, that's kind of mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the Panthers. So, you know, I could just say this is a disappointing year because they lost Cam Newton. But the reason the Panthers are winning is because Christian McCaffrey leads the league in yards per game and seven touchdowns. This is the end of conversation. Christian McCaffrey is the reason why the Panthers are still in the playoff hunt, and they're still surprising, though. You know, and um, so lastly, our you know our final segment, uh, I'd like to call Hall of Famer or not. I have a group of former NBA players, former and current NBA players, and we can decide if they are Hall of Famer or not. So first up is Chauncey Billups. Now Chauncey Billups is a Finals MVP, 510 All-Star. He won the finals and upset the 03 Lakers. So if you would remember the 03 Lakers had Kobe, Shaq, Carl Malone, and Gary Payton. A big four. And they only won one game in the finals against the Pistons. Yeah. Um he's has his number retired by the Pistons and he has fifteen points, five rebounds in his career. So that's five rebounds for a point guard, you know? So I mean I'm I mean Russell Westbrook puts up like ten rebounds a night, but like he um 
this guy is a pretty good or rebounding point guard. Um, but if you look at Kyle Lowry right now, he's putting up some pretty big point guard rebounds. Yeah. And, um, you know, I uh, I only had one con that I wrote down for Chauncey Billups, and that was that he was just a role player. And, honestly, looking back at that, I don't think that's true. I think that Chauncey was a really big part of the Pistons winning that championship. So, honestly, I'd have to say that he's a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer. Um, I don't know what you you know you think about See, that. But... I'm kind of kind of got mixed feelings. He he's not like blow me away amazing, but he's yeah. still up there on a pretty great basketball player. So yeah, like, I I kind of agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, next up we have Dwight Howard. Now Dwight Howard is very controversial, or and I guess polar polarizing figure for the um. For the Magic, the Lakers, the Rockets, I could go on. They've um, he had an excellent career in Orlando, putting up um, two time, two time, or two times in a season, two seasons where he led the league in blocks, he led the league in rebounds five times, and he's a three time Defensive Player of the Year. In his best seasons, or in Orlando, he put up twenty points per game, eighteen points per game m- numbers, and he led the Magic to their second. Um, their second finals appearance and their only finals game win. Um, Dwight is known for being a locker room cancer and really not being very good on any other team, minus maybe the one year in Houston. Um, but he's looking really good in this one year with the Lakers, and um, I could see him being a really good role player, and honestly, I just hope that I can see him win a ring before he retires, so... See, my opinion, him on the Magic and the Lakers, th- the first time with the Lakers, he was good. I I was impressed. He was a good ball player. But then after that, I couldn't even keep track on what team he was on. I had no idea. Yeah, because he was just – I didn't watch him anymore. He wasn't very good. He kind of died down. And it wasn't until he's back. Now he's playing with LeBron, one of the best players in the league, who now kind of – he's a really good playmaker. He gets Dwight – doing things that he didn't have a chance of doing with teams that didn't have that playmaker on that team like yeah. LeBron. Because, he, you know, before this, um, I mean, he had been with the Magic, but then he had bounced around five teams in four years, or rather four teams in five years. And, you know, I think that he's finally found a place to stay, a place where he can contribute on a championship-caliber team. And, you know, when he was with the Rockets... You know, I thought, you know, with James Harden and Dwight Howard, that looked like a really good team. It was but, nothing. Nothing special. But nothing special. But now that he has these, you know, these pieces around him, well, and I guess he is a piece of the Lakers machine that they could be really good and he could be good again. So, exactly. yeah. So, um, next up we have Derrick Rose. Now, Derrick Rose is just you know, I guess a very polarizing figure in sports because a lot of people think he's good and a lot of people think that, you know, he's just super overrated. Um, three-time All-Star, uh, MVP, youngest ever MVP. Um, an All-NBA team in 2011, the same year he won MVP, putting up ridiculous stats during his years in, um, in Chicago. Well, you know, I mean... Really good stats. I I guess I could. I guess I'm over exaggerating, but he like, was pretty amazing. Yeah. He like he made Kobe look a level under him. He was amazing. Mm-hmm. Kobe's really good. I respect Kobe. I think he's all time great. But Derrick Rose was amazing. But now he's he's got some flashes of the past. Like 
those 20 see, points like, per game numbers. He, he puts up 50 points last year, and that was amazing. But that was kind of the that was that was really big, and then everybody's kind of anticipating more and more, and then we want the old D Rose, yeah. and then it, he's just not that same guy anymore. So like, I don't know if I'd have him Hall of Fame. Like he was really good, but he's kind of died down, and now he he's just not the same. And I, the, I, I don't know. And the problem with the Pistons, and um, you know, the Pistons are consistently maybe a first round team, maybe missing the playoffs, but. This is really not a very good situation for Derrick Rose because they're expecting Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond to be really good. But it's like if they underperform and if they just be the Pistons and they miss the playoffs or they barely make the playoffs, uh, you know, a lot of the blame is going to be put on D Rose and that's going to be a big problem because it's not really D Rose's fault that the Pistons are just so meh. But, um, you know, that's just this current season. But historically... Honestly, I got to respect him for what he did with the Bulls and like winning 60 games with the with the, you know, 2011. And honestly, people could say that he shouldn't have won that MVP. Maybe it was LeBron's MVP and I respect him winning that MVP, but I just can't see him making the Hall of Fame unless he really rebounds. So, you know, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um we have Sean Kemp. So, when you think of, you know, the best guard, or I guess point guard and power forward duos, or, you know, like the guards forward duo, I guess, you know, like Chris Paul and maybe Blake Griffin or like mm-hmm. John Stockton, Carl Malone. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean oh, Kemp Jack. was Car or Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, you know, like led the Sonics to one of their only play or finals appearances in 1994 and, or 1996, I guess. And probably one of the best teams not to win the finals because they ran into the greatest Chicago Bulls team of all time. The 72-win Chicago Bulls was the team that they had to play in the finals. So, you know, their his cons were that he doesn't have a ring and the fact that he was arrested so many times for, like, his drug use. But the fact is that he's a six-time All-Star and he's a dunking legend despite not being able to palm a basketball. Sean couldn't palm a basketball. But oh, all of it, all of his highlights are dunks, <laughs> and he put up fourteen and eight with, um, you know, with the over his career. And the I guess the other another con is that he went to Cleveland, and Cleveland was gonna look really good, and then the lockout happened, and then he gained thirty pounds and got up to like three hundred pounds, and then he just had a terrible two years in Cleveland. So I guess maybe that's one of the only reasons why he's not a you know Hall of Famer. But See, like I, I gotta respect the guy for making it to the finals against this the Bulls that won seventy two games. Yeah, like that that's pretty amazing. But he still he could never punch the the final ticket. He could never get that ring. So mm-hmm. like he never he um, was never champion. Yeah, and honestly, the reason that more people aren't talking about him is the fact that they play in seattle no. and i understand that F- gary payton and sean camp was a really freaking cool duo but like who cares it's in seattle like any <laughs> you know it's it's in seattle and i hope that seattle was you know is to get some te- a team in the future but like who cares it's, it's like cleveland nobody yeah. people watched cleveland when lebron was there yeah when he left people forgot about him yeah he went back they started watching him again exactly now they're a team. They're a team in the league. They are just they're just there. 
Um, finally, we have Chris Weber. Now, Chris Weber had some good statistical years. He was with Washington and Golden State, but they didn't ever, never really made the playoffs. But it was when he went to the Kings when it all changed. Now, this Kings team here, um, you know, like, think about this. His Kings teammates were Mike Bibby, Paige Stoyakovich. Now, he's just, he's a little bit unknown, but he's a three-point star before three-pointers were cool. And Vladi Divac, who's like a solid center. But like, you know, those guys are mostly role players. But Chris Weber turned those group of role players into finals contenders. And the reason they didn't make the finals is because of the 2002 Lakers. The 2002 Lakers, this is, you know, a controversial series because it was the Western Conference Finals and the Kings were looking like they were going to go to the finals and play the Sixers and win the finals. They, um, they got hosed by the refs. The refs screwed the Kings out of a finals appearance. Um, you know, and that's the one con is that he never was able to win a ring in his prime or ever. He was never the best at his position. He played power forward, but here are some other power forwards that played during his time. There was Kevin Garnett and Amari Stoudemire and Dirk Nowitzki, and you know, so in my he was, opinion, those are all hall, those are hall of fame. Yeah, so those guys played during Chris Webber's prime, so yeah. he was never the best of his position, but he did put up twenty one points per game, and um, had five time, five All Star appearances. So. He had some good, he had some bad, but, you know, I could see him in the Hall of Fame. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of hard to gauge whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. So, um, would you, you know, just thinking about all those pros and cons, what do you think about his, see, you know, his I, chances? It sounds like a good player, but getting in the Hall of Fame is kind of, I think it should be more respected that not everybody can get in. That it's really the greats yeah like you they were just astounding they're on the floor and you notice those guys are almost unstoppable they they are the best on the floor they can't be stopped yeah it's a hall of the greatest players of all time and dikembe mutombo (laughs) dikembe mutombo doesn't deserve to be in the hall of fame (laughs) sorry dikembe um so that'll do it for this this episode of according to jason thank you for listening please consider following us on instagram at according.jpodcast to find out when new podcasts come out and of course thank you for listening